TVP's announcements. This is a series that we have on our network where we give you announcements about upcoming projects and platforms that are entering the crypto ecosystem. Now, this is a disclaimer because we do that now. So, here's the thing this is the presentation of a platform, and that's it. This is an investment advice. Don't take it as investment advice. If you like the platform, seek it out in the show notes. Go there, buy the things, invest in the platform. Help them out with your skill sets. But we're not giving you any recommendations or advice. This is just for you to listen to and soak up some new information about a new platform in this ecosystem. So, please enjoy. Hey everybody, it's D, And uh, we are back with uh, another episode of TPP's Announcements. Uh, and today, we're just going to jump right in. Today, we are joined with Maurice Hareri, the co-founder of Fluzcoin. So welcome to the show, Maurice. Hi. Thank you so much for having me here, and I'm really excited to talk about our new project. Good deal. So before we dive into to Fluzcoin, um, I'd like to take a little bit of time uh, for the audience to get to know you. So if you could please introduce, you know, yourself, like go into a little bit of your background and, and tell us, you know, your story of how you fell into crypto and blockchain technology and then how you knew you wanted to work with it and how that le- led into Fluzcoin. And then we'll kind of talk about the origins of Fluzcoin as well. Okay, not a problem. Uh, so I guess I started in how I landed in this crypto world. Uh, started really just from e-com. I got started in the e-com space because I thought it would be very, very easy. Lo and behold, to do e-commerce really well is not quite as easy as I would have thought. And uh, we built tons of sites and different projects and like really built out a lot of different areas of the business. And uh, we came across this idea of integrating network marketing and social media with cashback and uh, in-store retail. And thus started Flus Flus uh, back in uh, 2015. So leveraging what I already knew about e-commerce and uh, digital marketing to couple that with something that was totally new and different, uh, the Flus coin, the Flus Flus idea. And that business got off the ground in Latin America. We chose Latin America specifically because we had 
made some real strong strategic alliances with very powerful retail players. So we jumped kind of right to the forefront right away. And it's been a total success and fun ride there. Uh, part of what Floos Floos does is we reward customers for their purchase and we're storing those balances and that money for the users in a initially in a centralized wallet and it's all digital measures of value i.e digital currency and you know when as that business kind got mature cryptocurrencies and uh decentralized ledgers kind of just became a obvious transition for us to look at a more efficient way to run the business we were doing. So that's kind of how I got my dip my toe in. And I don't know about anyone else listening to this podcast or yourself. Uh, there's no such thing as really dipping your toe in cryptocurrencies. I've seen it's either you're in and you, you go to sleep to it and wake up to it or you're not in it. So, <laughs> you know, unfortunately now fast forward a few years later and I find myself trying to, you know, disrupt the, the actual national currencies of countries and retailers and change the entire game of payments. And it kind of is, maybe I'm just an extreme intense person or this is an industry that there's not really much of an in-between. It's either you're, it's off or on. And for us, thank God it's been on since day one and only been getting going more and more on. That's, that's good that you noticed that, and it's absolutely true. Um, it seems that when you get bit by the bug, blockchain, cryptocurrency bug, it's just all systems go um, from that point forward. And um, it's good that you've kind of applied that to flu slews. And I kind of want to rewind a little bit um, and go to uh, or, or look back at what you said about e-commerce. And you said you got into it because you thought it was easy. Um, ended up being difficult. And mm -hmm. that's a great opportunity to outline, like, kind of what are some of those difficulties? And then if we could take it further, like, what problem does Fluzcoin look to solve in those difficulties? Uh, you know, I'll sum it up for you. You, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very juvenile statement. Uh, but when you start from an outsider looking in, you say, oh, wow, can't you just make a website that's easy to use like Amazon? How you know, their stuff runs fast. I know where to click and pretty easy to shop. And, you know, while sounding like a juvenile mistake, it's something that you take for granted because as an outsider, you're seeing all different and easy to use pieces of a e-commerce business that just run and you don't think about it. But, you know, when you call the 800 number, you don't want to have a bunch of different call, call types coming into a centralized line. You need to have call routing. But that's definitely not something you think about when you're launching your own business. Or, you know, what does an order confirmation look, email look like? And what other information can we put in there? And, you know, all these little nuanced details. But that's the difference between a well-buttoned uh, machine or you know, kind of something that's missing a lot of the parts. And 
as I've gotten into it, we've started to find a lot of the parts and now I have much better holding of the, of the uh, business, but you know, day one, you don't notice, you don't know what you need until one day you just wake up and you're like, Oh my God, that, yeah. People, too many phone calls are coming into a centralized line. Let's make sure we have a routing system now properly. Uh, and, you know, there, there's been, it's been just a, a fun, crazy journey like that the whole way through. And now how does that really apply to Flucecoin, that same learnings? So what we're doing on the Flucecoin side is, uh, you know, as we'll, we'll get into uh, what's happening on the stablecoin protocol, uh, more importantly, you know, what we've seen is we're looking at the problem from a bunch of different angles. And, you know, this approach comes from a team that's much bigger than myself. So like, uh, as just to jump into who sits on our advisory board and who's kind of helping structure some of the problems and the solutions, we've got players from the legal side. So for example, uh, former ambassadors, we have the people who structured the legal for online loans and money transfer, that was that even the same uh, team that uh, Intuit used for launching Quicken loans. We've got, and then on the cryptocurrency side, we have you know industry experts. I mean, uh, one of our guys was there day number three when Satoshi published his white paper on the P2P Foundation. He sits as a a board ambassador of the P2P Foundation. Uh, you know, and he's kind of speaking all over the world at, at various conferences and helps us kind of understand the right frameworks to look at our approach through cryptocurrency. Uh, you know, on the other side, we have technical blockchain developers. We have, and they're kind of helping us structure all the pieces to build a scalable blockchain and understand different holes there. Then from a, uh, you know, financial side, we have, bankers from a retail side we have the operators of some of the largest retail stores in the world uh, among them being zara nike uh some less known players on a on a u.s or global perspective something like a casino group but happens to be uh among the top 15 largest retailers in the world so we have uh, or a zolando which is one of the uh, top two biggest online retailers in the world. Then on the artificial intelligence side, we got people from YouTube and Google and uh, various e-com sites. And so like, it, it just, we're, we're approaching the problem from a bunch of different angles at a very executive level. So, cause you know, you don't know what you don't know. And you in this, it's not, in this game, it's a lot higher stakes than, oh, my order confirmation email wasn't exactly the way I expected it. We're dealing with uh, stabilized currencies and simulations of what's going to happen on various types of trades. So, you know, we had to really go out and assemble a monster team of experts in their field to help us achieve these goals. So if you if you could, 
um, it sounds like you've got a lot of manpower, you know, trying to solve a problem. And what problem is it that Fluscoin is trying to solve? And, you know, if we could kind of outline that for the listeners and, um, you know, what, what, what a Fluscoin is going to do for them as you guys attempt to solve this problem. So what we're trying to accomplish is we are uh, we have a stable coin protocol that's built for retail transactions. So there's a few different areas to solve the problem. Uh, the first, you know, core problem is that cryptocurrency is not built right now for retail payments. Uh, you can't go shopping with it. Technically, it does work. You can pay with hundreds if not thousands of retailers already with a bitcoin or an ether or various other coins however the coins as a measure of value is not reliable so you know just uh imagine a a, a person is getting paid one bitcoin a month some months they can make rent and buy some clothes some months they may not even have money for food, forget rent. So, you know, it's not uh, cryptocurrencies due to the volatility ha really have a problem for both the consumers and the retailers to be able to accept them. So the stability factor is the first area we're looking to approach. And when we solve that, then I'll kind of in a little bit explain some of the layers we could build on top of the stability. And I want to preface, though, the term stability does not mean stable to the U.S. dollar, because, as you know, as much as uh, we, we all love our country, stability to the U.S. dollar uh, is an, uh, an antithesis. It's a, a contradiction to a decentralized currency because what you're doing is you're stabilizing a decentralized currency in order, which is all built around the ethos of we want to decentralize power and control, and you're centralizing it towards a uh, you're, you're tacking it to a centralized currency. So what are you really doing? You're just creating a digital instrument around a centralized currency. So what we're doing, which is a little bit different, is we're actually creating a full reserve that will have a basket of other measures of value. Part of it is the U.S. dollar. Part of it is other currencies entirely. Part of it is other digital currencies. And part of it is actual assets. So when I mean assets, we're talking about uh, commodities, like diamonds, oil, oil futures, and uh, silver. And these, uh, these contracts have already been put in place, and we already have the commitments for these assets. Uh, so, you know, that's really how we're maintaining the stability of the coin, and that's the problem we're solving is that there, it's not a, you know, hot air idea, and as long as more people say there's value there's value it's no we're actually putting in a reserve and we're maintaining the stability so that people could buy and sell goods retailers could sit on coin 
So with that, then uh, we're even pushing other coins and hosting our own exchange for the uh, retailer for the retailers to accept not only our Flus coin but other coins would be convertible into Flus coin, and then the retailers could sit on the Flus coin reserves if should they want, or consumers could sit on the Flus coin reserve, and they could then uh, you know budget what they need to spend. That's the first problem. The second problem is transaction costs. So, you know, blockchain technologies, uh, to update a block and gas for, let's say, an Ether transaction makes sense when I'm sending $1,000, $2,000, $10,000, $100,000. But what about when I want to buy a $3 cup of coffee? Just the, the gas on the Ether wouldn't make sense to do a transaction with it. So what we've done using a private hosted blockchain is we've actually created an environment and you could download the uh, app and review our code on right off our website and run some simulations of test transactions that are transaction cost free. Uh, and you could make you could receive payments for free. So we, you know, this has been a huge play in retail for decades, whereby players like Visa, MasterCard, Amex are kind of controlling who could come and go. That's cha we're changing that game. That's over. That's done. Hey, if you have a, if you're, if it's a private blockchain, wouldn't you just be the new Visa, the new MasterCard? No, no, because it's all decentralized now. So okay. we were just the the participants. It's a uh, it's privately hosted, whereby uh, we're inviting we're inviting significant nodes to participate in the blockchain. It's not just us. It's mm -hmm. retailers themselves are hosting the blockchain. But what we're doing is by using this uh, this private hosting, we're also able to control who's participating and. Uh, should anyone start spamming the system, that's not we don't need to do that. We could shut them out. Why does that create a value? Is because this way our transaction cost and time becomes a min minimal uh, cost per transaction because we're not host we're not hosting uh, all the spam and mining data. Mm. So, so at what point do you guys consider yourself to be significantly decentralized? Uh, I mean, we we already have our structure of uh, participants that are involved in hosting it. And like because we've already been going out and making those deals with retailers and other protocol users besides just the retail payment space, those protocol users are acting as significant nodes themselves. Oh, okay. So like, you know, the goal is not to have the power in the hands of one or any single entity, let alone person. However, we do want to create an environment that is not uh, that safe, stable, and is allowing uh, you know transaction costs free, and so people could pay for a cup of coffee using Flusecoin and not need to have uh, any transaction cost, and the retailers don't need to incur the transaction cost either. And so, like, you know, just to jump off of that, 
uh, and maybe we're going to move away from where our problems, the problems we're solving are, but uh, kind of talk to some other pieces, which is the usage of our protocol. Because, you know, while our core is a, a stable coin built for retail transactions, this protocol is then getting already out of the gate, mixed around and, uh, you know, used for other retailers and other entities to uh, run their loyalty programs and run their internal stable coin. So I can't tell you the retailer as it hasn't been officially announced yet, but it is one of a one of the global leading retailers uh, with operations in about fifteen countries. And what they're do what we're doing with them is we're putting our protocol in place to run their own white labeled uh, stable coin. And that white label stable coin will be able to be used at the same retail locations as our Fluce coin. So we're actually creating a bigger value proposition for them. And at the same time, that white label stable coin that will be uh, specific to that retailer will also be the carrier for them across multiple countries. And the other piece is the staking rewards, which kind of jumps into my last problem that we're solving. So the issue is, I don't know about you, but I know 90%, 99% of all millennials don't save money. This unfortunate truth of our generation is we're not so good at it. We we like uh, we like things too much. So you know what we're doing is, uh, we've put together a staking rewards, and that staking reward system almost acts as if this uh, as the small interest payments that anyone would get by keeping money in a savings account. And, mm. you know, you're not, no one's getting rich off their savings money. However, uh, in our model, we're also providing growth to our users for the money they're keeping in Flucecoin. And that's happening through our proof of stake reward system, whereby as we issue new coin, we're issuing that coin to the coin holders themselves. So they're earning the new coin. So if I have Flu's coin, uh, then I can just earn Flu's coin by just holding it. Exactly. It's as you know, as long as any uh, our market cap continues to grow, which that market cap then gets affected not only by the transactions of Flu's coin direct, but also by the transactions in. That also by the transactions of any of our partners uh, and any of our protocol users, you as a user are earning those staking rewards. And, you know, to simplify it, but if you really want to learn more, I'd suggest you go to the website to, to see the exact formulas we're using. But high level, it comes out to about 
25, 50, 25. So the first 25, if let's say the market cap goes from uh, $1 to two, the guy who's holding that first $1, he's going to earn uh, 25 cents on that dollar. So the next, the, so the guy, who, the next person who wants to buy Fluscoin and transact with Fluscoin will have to buy it from the initial holder, the first guy holding it. Then the next uh, 50 cents will go to our reserve, in which case we'll then take the additional currencies that are coming in, put it in a reserve that we later use uh, in the event of, of demand going down to buy back the currency. And all that's happening through an artificial intelligence uh, that we built. We've uh, patented it and call it's called Unomia. And then the last piece that uh, is going to the ICO investors. So let, let me jump into that really quick. Uh, what's happening with our ICO is... As we are issuing, the tokens that we're selling in our ICO are backed one-to-one -one with Fluscoin. And initially, day one, you get you pay us a dollar for a token, you get one, uh, you get one dollar worth of Fluscoin. You could go to Fluscoin.com, convert your token into Fluscoin. We would burn that token. We would then distribute. You could go use that Fluscoin to. Uh, buy a cup of coffee at any participating retailer. The alternative is as you hold the coin and the market cap, as you hold the token and the market cap grows, you are getting the staking rewards and those staking rewards go into a reserve that's designated for our tokens holders. So let's say the market cap doubles and you had a dollar. Now your uh, token would have a dollar twenty-five worth of fluce coin that you could that you get watch this this is the kicker as the tokens get burned as the ico tokens get converted over to fluce coin the staking reward stays at 25 percent until there's no tokens left uh then what happens is it gets distributed over a smaller pool so if in the beginning there was a hundred million dollars worth of tokens and the market cap goes from 100 to 200, the, each token will go up 25%. Uh, percent. But if every token but $1 is burnt, is redeemed for the one-to-one -one ratio, what then happens is the, token, the $1 remaining token would get that entire two. $25 million in staking rewards. Obviously, that's not going to happen. That's an extreme example. But the concept is as more tokens get converted, the remaining tokens will go up in value a lot faster. And that rise in value will be directly tied to redeemable fluce coin that you could then take and go shop at your any retail that's par retailer that's participating. So it's very liquid and it's very real. Uh, and there's, even on that, there's a 50% cash reserve, hard asset and cash reserve. Then the, the kicker is the, these ICO tokens are now built to trade at a speculative uh, value. 
and they'll trade slightly above the redeemable value because of the forecasted growth rates as the uh, market expects that the the market cap of flu coin is going to continue to rise and the the rewards of that rise of that increase are distributed among a smaller pool of flu of tokens the tokens okay. will trade at a premium above the redeemable flu's coin of today that's a lot to unpack i recommend um reading the white paper for those of you that are interested um but it does sound like you've worked a little bit towards uh, creating a, a coin that is stable in a market that that can that can you know, be it's stable. Like this, we in the end of the day, what I realized is our early supporters need to be rewarded, and the early supporters who stay with us need to be rewarded, and they need to make more money, and they need to be rewarded exponentially, and we built a vehicle that allows them to do it. And I just wanted to take a step back. Thank God I got people who are a lot smarter than me helping make that happen. Because, you know, I, I, I'm a good tape recorder, but uh, we got a really, really powerful team that kind of went and uh, worked through all this, all these different elements. You know, one of the key players has been always a, a very good advisor of ours, uh, Keith Tier from TechCrunch, one of the co-founders. Uh, and they really just help, you know, put together our narrative to explain everything we're doing and make sure we're we're uh, building out a proper story and a proper solution. So, can flus go and be spent? You know, does, does a certain retailer have to be in the net in the flus coin? So they have to be running the blockchain. Oh, so I guess first of all. Is Fluscoin an Ethereum token, or is it its very so own blockchain? The, the the token itself is an Ethereum token, the one that's traded, the speculative token. The other one that's actually going to be used at retail, hosted on our private blockchain, is a fork of the JP Morgan blockchain, uh, but it's hosted on our own private blockchain. Uh, and... The other question is how do you know how does a retailer participate and who's participating? So what we're doing right now out of the get-go is we've partnered with a lot of retailers off the bat running through their hosted systems just to get quick adoption. So it, even if should they choose not to host the transaction uh, and run it through our blockchain, we run we run it through their uh, closed loop gift card and then post that transaction on our blockchain. And then once they open up and, you know, choose to be a, a significant node in the blockchain, then the, the transaction happens completely through the blockchain. But, you know, in order to get quick adoption, we've already, we've built on existing uh, platforms that are in place at global retailers. What uh, what made you guys want to go with J.P. Morgan's blockchain? Uh, you know what? Our development team tried about 15 different types of blockchains to get a, a system that could handle high transaction speed. Uh, we're, we're, I believe, and, don't, and 
I suggest you check the white paper for the exact number, but I believe it's 250,000 transactions per second uh, while maintaining stability, security, and, uh, and you know, they, they were able to get to build that private hosted blockchain in a way that it would, would remain stable. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a long migration towards uh, full decentralization because uh, you can't really do that many transactions on a on a on a significantly distributed blockchain uh, unless it is completely private. Um, and in that case, um, I guess it all depends on the parties and how many parties there are in that privacy that that could test that could you know be a testament to the decentralized nature of. I mean, we've run this. We've run the simulations by uh, creating the, creating simulating, uh, two hundred fifty thousand transactions in a second, and then auditing it, and it seems to have worked already. So we're you know we're built for the scale. These are you know the team we have doing this is not, uh, you know they're not coming from my econ business of selling T-shirts. They're mm-hmm. they're they're doing a little bit more volume than uh, you know they're doing pretty high volume transactions and they simulated it so that we could support the, the scale of transactions from you know billion dollar retailers uh, we, right. we we don't expect that it's going to be a hundred percent of any global retailers payments day one but we're building that we are going to become that for them all right so how um what about some descriptors of the ICO, the token issuance? Um, you know, when is it taking place? Uh, how do people get to it? How do they get involved with it? All right, so uh, it's taking place right now on uh, our flucecoin.io website. You could go on and uh, buy some tokens right now, and the tokens will be trading on several of the big name exchanges as well as, uh, you know, some of the decentralized exchanges as well. Uh, We already have the listings set up to go live after the close. We're in our private sale right now, so any investors that are coming in, it's uh, a little bit higher, but we are offering a bonus for the earlier commitments and the earlier participants. We're about uh, $30 in already, and we have... Uh, where our hard cap is at 50. And the way we structured our soft cap is we put a very low soft cap because what that because we're going to be deploying it in at a minimum Latin America. And the closer we get to the hard cap, the more regions will be deploying the project in immediately. Um, but thank God we already hit our hard cap, so we're going we're going full steam ahead on this. And uh, our public sale opens, whereby we're not issuing any more discounts or bonuses on September fifteenth, and we're going to be closing into Q four. Okay. Um. So I I like to ask one question. Mm-hmm. Um. Is there anything that I should have asked you? Or you'd hope that's that I good, ask you. That's I a good question. That's a good question. Uh, hmm. 
So we talked about why the retailers liked it. We talked about why the investors will make more money by getting into this coin. We talked about, you know, maybe let's talk about why the consumers like it. So we spoke about it with the a convenience factor, the, you know, for a lot of, a lot of underdeveloped countries, this is kind of giving them early access to money and access to digital payments uh, on a global scale when the whole global world's getting bigger. We spoke about why the retailers like it. You know, one thing I would tell you, which gives the whole thing a little bit more credibility and more excitement, which is the, uh, what we're then doing with the big data, because this big data that's going through Flusecoin really operates for us to help create more targeted offers and targeted uh, promotions for our users and retailers, creating a much more efficient system. So to give you some examples there, what's happening is, uh, you know, we are working now, one of our new initiatives that we've already launched is our ability to dive in and get not only retailer data. So in this, in my example, let's say you purchase from Walmart, but I'm also looking to get SKU level data. So I want to know that you purchased dog food because if I know that you purchased dog food from Walmart, then I know that you have a dog. And if I know that you have a dog, that information becomes relevant to a host of other retailers, whether it be uh, pet care, whether it be uh, veterinarians, whether it be other sellers of re of dog products. And, you know, the whole world of Walmart is huge. And the fact that you purchase something from Walmart doesn't tell me that much about you other than uh, I know your location and I know your, you know, your average transaction size at that retailer. And I could probably, you know, offer you a targeted offer to an Amazon jet or target, but uh, not as much to on the specific item. So by us doing that, we're also now offering the retailers and the makers of product an opportunity to connect directly with the customers in the locations they are uh, with the products they're going to want. And for our customers, our users, they'll be receiving better offers. They'll learn about products that are more relevant to them. You know, just the other day, both myself and my head of product are QAing uh, a different app in the space. And we both got a tar quote unquote targeted offer for Sephora makeup. Both he, he and I don't really use Sephora makeup that much. Uh, and you know, it's, it's those days are done. It's no longer, you know, one size fits all solution. It's really needs to become targeted offers and targeted products for individuals. So it sounds like there is a lot to this project then a lot more than meets the eye, you know, oh, yeah. uh, on surface level, it's like, you know, it's currency for, for retailers. You, you spend this currency and of course you get benefit, you get, you get benefits. I said benefits, benefits, <laughs> for spending that money of course and loyalty points and whatnot but it sounds like there's a lot more to this and so uh, if you've been listening I second there's a saw in the background let me mute that uh oh 
Hello? No, I just needed to mute my mic. There's some construction going on outside my window. Um, yeah, so it, I would behoove you to, to check out the white paper, check out the website, uh, look at the protocol, um, you know, go to fluscoin.io um, and dig in. So, uh, Maurice, um, that's it. Thank you for, for swinging by today. I really appreciate it. All right. My pleasure. Thank you for having us and looking forward to coming back soon and giving you guys more information on everything. Definitely. Open invitation. The updates are, are going well and you're hitting milestones. Um, you know, we'd like to hear about it. So. All right. Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All right. You got it. Be well.